Get Into Geek, back for another movie review. We're going all spoilers and we're talking what is undoubtedly going to be the biggest film of 2018. Yes, we're only four and a half months in, but bugger me, I'm going to put all my money on it and get very little in return. It's the hot favourite, Avengers Infinity War. We've done a non-spoilers chat here. We had to talk full details. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Get Into Geek's very own Captain Marvel, Matty Gibson. Hello. Okay, so... I've said it before, I'll say it again, we're talking spoilers. Spoilers. Don't make any mistake. Spoiled. Yes, you're going to be spoiled and we're going to give you another 30 seconds and we're going to drop a major goddamn spoiler just to make sure that you get the f*** out of here. Yeah. Again, I said this in our non-spoilers, I've never meant this more than this film. Do not listen to this unless you've seen the film. Mm. This is not a movie you go, oh, I don't mind being ruined. No. Shit happens in this film. The soul stone was in Nick Fury's fake eye the whole time. Ah! That's a fake spoiler. You got three, two, one. <laughs> we're going to seriously spoil some shit. Spider-Man f***ing dies, man. That nearly broke my heart. Nah, does he though? Nah, of course he doesn't. Nah, he's got a movie he's set back. for July next year. That's it. <laughs> he's the only announced film for Phase 4 so far. That moment was one of the two moments that got me a little bit teary up. Mm. And I'll tell you why. is because... Going back to my beloved Joss, yep. there is an episode of his TV show, uh, Angel. Yeah. Uh, the, the final season, 2004. Watching this episode of television still makes me cry. They <laughs> they kill off a very beloved character. And her final words before she's like taken over by a demon over is, why do I have to go? Yeah. I want to stay. And when Peter starts saying that to Tony, like a knife in the heart, it brought back all those emotions. And I was just like, oh, God, why did he have to say it? Well, can't he just turn to dust and be quiet? Oh, that yeah, that, that got me. Yeah, because he's like hugging him. I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. I'm sorry. I'm so he lays down and he's just, you know, like it was the slowest death out of anyone at that yeah. point. And I was fine with it because it was hurting Tony as much as it was hurting Peter. And, oh, man, oh, mm. we, 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 we should probably get to that bit. A little bit later on in the chat, I just wanted to drop some major shit for anyone who's still the listening, other, and we gave you plenty of warning. So the other go moment cry. that actually gave me a little bit of like a, a goosebumpy, like oh my god, and welled up a little bit was all, all the weirdest things. The first time you see Cap's silhouette when he comes mm. to the rescue of Wonder um, and yeah. Vision, I was like, because <gasps> I mean, you know me and Chris Evans, yeah, we, go, we go back a long Mate, way. I'd, I'd fight you for him. I'd lose, <laughs> but I'd fight you for him. Well, let's get back to the start because you know we we joke about. Off air, and we have done it on air plenty of times as well. But the idea that you know, eighteen movies in, fifteen movies in, whatever, the people, oh, I love those Marvel movies. Why the fuck do you get up and leave mm. after the movie finishes? Wait until the end of the credits, okay? And if you haven't already learnt your lesson, yes, now there's more than one. Now there's more than two. You know, Guardians had five. <laughs> you know, like stay until the end of the credits. There's a great meme that's been going around on, online for years, and it's like, what stage Marvel fan are you? You know, and like you get to stage three, and it's like you stay to the end of the credits. It's like stage four. You wait until the cleaner comes in and the house lights are on because you don't trust Marvel shit. Yeah. You know, because you just know something's going to happen. Now, I knew stage that there five, was... Stage five, the ushers are dragging you out of the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it. Now, I'm, I'm definitely part of that group. I'm like... <laughs> I'm going to sit here and talk about it until the next session starts, yeah. just to be sure. Okay. There's been ushers like cleaning up around us while yeah. we're still sitting Because I don't trust chairs. none of those ushers, aren't Kevin Feige, just like keeping an eye on our <laughs> shit. But Thor, right? So Thor Ragnarok ends, it's like, let's go to Earth. Boom, it ends, you know, happy sort of 80s sort of themed, you know, bit of tunes and whatever. Then you get the mid credit sequence. Thor and Loki are sitting there having a bit more of a heart-to-heart conversation, you know, and again, it's sort of like set up to a joke that's not really a joke, but they're like, oh, I have a good feeling everything's going to work out, you know, shadow over them. This giant ship. Huge. Huge. Huge huge ship. The biggest ships. We have the best ships. The biggest. Trust me. (laughs) The biggest. And then it ends, and... We're like, oh, okay, what? And we, as fans, knowing Thanos is coming in Infinity War, it's like, oh, is, I wonder whether that could be Thanos. you know. But mm. to the average goer that's just like watching these movies as they come, it's like, what the hell is that? And then Kevin Feige, in like some interview four or five months ago, around about the time Thor came out, I guess, and he's like, yeah, yeah, that's Thanos' ship. You know, it's just like a nothing detail. Mm. It's like, what? But then this movie starts. Like, Duh, who else would it be? Like 20, 30 <laughs> minutes maybe after that movie ends, that post credit scene ends, the remaining Asgardians, they're done, man. They're, they're yeah. dead on the floor. Thor's down for the count. Loki's sitting there because he's like a conniving little son of a bitch. Yeah. 
Thor's, Thor's already had his ass kicked. Like yeah. he's already there's been a battle. He's had his ass yeah. kicked. Thanos is there just like standing on him. Yeah. Just like And so immediately you're like, Who the hell is this guy, right? And mm. then even when, you know, Loki, he's the one that goes, you know, we've got a Hulk. He gets to deliver that line, your Hulk comes out, they have this massive fight, and then the children of Thanos are like just let him have his fun. You're yeah. like, what the hell? And then he beats the Hulk's ass. You're like, yeah. oh shit. Like that was a, such a great scene to set up. Even if you don't know who this character is, even if you kind of remember him from the two, three other teasers we've had in the franchise so far, get to know this guy. This yeah. guy means some business. Well, for the last six years, he's been sitting in a floating armchair, yeah. like yeah. not doing anything, sending his minions out. So it's like, it's a way to really early in the film go, he means business. He's willing to get down and dirty. Yeah. He doesn't need all these other people around him. He just likes having minions. Mm, but mm. he will quite happily beat the living crap out of the Hulk without even breaking a sweat. Yeah, like just the fact that it started after that battle and you were already mm. having to catch up with what must have happened. Like, And it was done cleverly. And even they did it in a couple of other instances as well. It's like he already has the Power Stone. It's like, yes, you could have filmed the scene of him taking down uh, the Nova Corps and all that sort of stuff and getting the stone. We didn't need to see it. It was better off spending runtime elsewhere. So, it, I think it was done quite cleverly in that sort of way. Yeah. Um, that you are kind of just like, you're hitting the ground running. And because you don't get a minute to breathe this whole film, it's just like, oh God, here we go. We're yeah. going, we're going, we're going. And we're I going. think that's, it's not really a negative in a way. Um, I, I, I'll go back to the first Avengers. Now, there's a, a friend that we both used to work with, Mel, and not a big fan of the superhero genre or anything, but watch the movies because her and her uh, her husband were, were you know, mad movie fans, big film buffs. And she, I remember her coming up to me at a work function. She goes, oh, I saw the Avengers. And I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah, that was really, that wasn't great. And I said, oh, you didn't like it? Okay, that sucks. And she goes, there was literally, there was no character development. There was no this, no that, you know. And for me, I was a bit like, really? Like, but it was very much a payoff from the other films that were, were the build-up. Now, you said in our, in our non-spoilers that you could watch the first Avengers having not seen any of the other films. You could actually get away with that if you wanted to. This film doesn't work like that. Whereas for me, the Avengers, as uh, trying to defend it a little bit, the character development was as a team. It wasn't necessarily like Tony changing who he was throughout the yeah. course of that movie or Thor yeah. doing the same. Yeah, it, was all about, it, was, it was all about the group, not yeah, about the individual. Not wanting to be a team, being a team. It was their development. Yeah. This... It's kind of the same thing in a way where there's not a lot of setup within the film itself. It's very much just payoff. It reminded me a lot of the criticisms that um, some of the later Harry Potter films got. Yeah. In terms of if you've never read the book and you see one of these films, there's gaps. And you're like, oh, well, why did they do that? And it's like, well, if you've read the books, it totally makes sense. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. There was kind of a shorthand there because it's one of the most, most read books ever. So I feel like it's it's very similar in that sort of way. And it's like, if, if you haven't seen all the rest of the MCU, there's going to be some gaps for you in this film. Yeah. Like if you're, if this is, if this is your first, you know, foray into the MCU, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's all the legwork has been done. I think the only film you could get away with not having seen before seeing this is Ant-Man. Yeah. You really need to. And have, now that you've all seen the film out there, you know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you really need to have seen and digested all these other films to really appreciate this on, on every level. Mm. I mean, yes, you could probably get away with Avengers 1, Avengers 2, Civil War, and maybe the Guardians films. You could probably get away with just those. But to really appreciate the the emotional resonance of a lot of these scenes, having lived with these characters for so long, it can only it can only help. Yeah. I, I It's funny you said about Harry Potter because... In a similar sort of genre, I was actually going to compare it to the third uh, Hobbit film. That was a lot of, um, there's a lot of crap thrown in that movie's way that it was just payoff. The first two films were set up and obviously a little bit of payoff within themselves, but the third film was just very much the third act of one story. I actually didn't mind that because the first two Hobbits felt a little bit bloated. They felt like the extended editions yeah. that weren't. And the third film just being straight out payoff. It's the Battle of the Five Armies, and that's really all that movie was. I was just. Think I've seen the third one. No, and so well, I'd actually be interested in you not being a fan of that franchise overall. What you would think it amongst the context of that trilogy? Because me, I'm like, I got things I like and don't like about the first two, but the third one, it was just kind of like a little bit of a, a, a bit of breathing room. It was just just fighting. I don't have to watch all these bloated scenes of extra dialogue for the sake of making it a three hour film and stretching this out. I definitely don't look at Infinity War the same way, but it did feel like just 
three third acts in a way. It was just a lot of like payoff, yeah. payoff, payoff. But at the same time, I kind of felt like that first third feeling like a payoff in these giant big scenes, people fighting and people introducing themselves was the setup in itself. Like this yeah. big payoff was the setup to part two, which again feels like a bit of a third act, which itself well, is it's... setting up the third act that is the real third act. It was... I would say it's it's a lot of third acts interspersed between a Thanos origin story. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, you yeah. Could, If you took out a lot of the other stuff and you just followed the Thanos stuff, that could almost be a film on its own. And then there's yeah, there's these big third acts of all of all these different characters we've seen, but it all works. Like at, at no point was it ever like, oh, this is boring, or oh, we didn't need this. Like there was no fat in it. I could have at two, nearly three hours, I could have even had a longer film, and it didn't. And I was really worried it, it would because we know that it's going to be sort of a part one and part two. I thought it might be a little bit Empire Strikes Backy, where yeah. it was a comeback next week. Mm. But if you think about it. If they wanted to have a depressing Logan-style ending, yeah. they could have done it. They yeah. could have said, this is it. You know, They could have ended ended the franchise here on a downer because of that last sort of scene just with Thanos just sitting back like mm. he said he would. To me, that's closure. That's, mm. That is a beginning, well, middle, and end to this film. So, okay, with that, I ask you then, do you, while it was exciting for, for us geeks and it does tease things to come, which is what Marvel movies do. Whatever movie it is, it's always teasing what is coming next. That tag scene, the end of the credits, Mm. do we need that or does that take away from that last shot? No, that... No, because, again, it's very similar to... And we were talking about this before we turned the mics on. uh, X-Men 3. Yeah. If you want X-Men 3 to be your last X-Men film and Professor Xavier dies at the end of that, that's it. You're Mm. done. The after credits scene of him waking up in another man's body mm. kicks on to the rest of the film. Yeah. So if, if this was going to be the the very last MCU film and Kevin Feige was like, nah, we're done, we've peaked, we're packing it up, we're taking our billions of dollars <laughs> um, and giving it all to Walt Disney, then yeah, you wouldn't have needed that that end credit sequence. Mm. But because that end credit sequence wasn't part of the film, it was an interesting, it's that gives us a setup for... Infinity War yeah. um, Part 2 or yeah. whatever it's going to be called. Avengers 4 basically and I think it works out really well because during the film they establish why Ant-Man and uh, Hawkeye aren't in the film totally believable yeah. they're, they're the only family one, reasons or some they're shit they're the only like, with kids yeah. so they took a deal mm. sweet I'm to- I totally buy that because I know that they're going to be in the next one mm. and then of course so Ant-Man is going to have his own that's I think that's the next one coming out is Ant-Man and the, the Wasp in July yeah right so that's that's going to be fine so we're going to touch base and see what they're doing there I wouldn't be surprised if Hawkeye gets a little cameo in there or something like yeah, that yeah that'd be kind of cool um, and then of course with the bits and pieces we know about Captain Marvel which was the main sort of thing for, the, for that end credit sequence mm. Knowing that was going to be set in the 90s, we were really worried that she was going to be sort of dragged through by Doctor Strange with the Time Stone or something. Mm. Hopefully not. But, you know, Nick Fury has this little piece of tech, this little beeper Mm. that looks quite old. So, which is, yeah, that's going to tie in. So, obviously, in between now and Avengers 4, we're going to have Ant Man. So, we're going to touch base with that and we're going to have a Captain Marvel origin story. So we're going to see where she ends up with. And, and obviously that piece of tech is going to be in the film. Yeah, It'll be and like a is... here, page me if you ever really need me. Right. And now, you know, as just as he's turning to dust, he activates that. She's going to be beeped, whether it's going to be beeping her back in time. Or yeah. I don't know. Um, but that is going to bring it in and she's going to help reverse time um, to a certain point. Yeah. Um, to bring back all those the half of the universe that was just turned to ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. Oh, I'm I'm really excited too because yeah. yeah, when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, I, I was piecing together. Even though I know nothing about Captain Marvel, I'm like, oh my god, he's going to call her. And just knowing that he's in that film in uh, when it comes out, I think in uh, I think it actually comes out on International Women's Day, so like March eighth. I yeah, think nice. it comes out next year. Um, all I hope is that they don't turn it back too far. Mm. Like I'm happy for. Everyone who was snapped out of existence, I'm happy for them to come back. Mm. But in terms of, and this is where we really get into the spoilers, is in terms of the actual deaths being Heimdall, Loki, Vision, and yeah. Gamora, yeah. they have to stick. Yeah. For this to have any credibility, unfortunately, and I didn't think I'd really lament Gamora's death, but yeah. that's a that's a big part of the, of, um, the Guardians that's going to be that's going to be missing moving yeah. forward. And- I think it has it has to stick because that's the one thing that Marvel 
or the MCU has always got, gotten shtick for is A, their lackluster villains, and B, nobody ever really dies. Mm. It's always a fake out. Mm. Well, first of all, they've broken that while giving us Thanos, who mm. is a really well-rounded, thought-out bad guy or adversary. He's not really a bad guy. He's an adversary. Mm. But these deaths have to stick. They they really do. Yeah. Um, for, for any credibility. As, as, as much as people love Loki... Mm. I'm happy for him to die. I think he went yeah. out. He went out in a very Loki fashion. It's you don't know which side he was playing. You know, had had Thanos accepted him, would he have gone for the mm. the final blow to try and you, you know? It's it's that ambiguity that everyone loves about Loki. Mm. You know, he went out having a plan within a plan within a plan within a plan, mm. and the whole reason. They were there is because he had the tesseract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that's the that's the only way he can go out. Yeah, Heimdall was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, because um, like literally his involvement, which I guess they probably just go and you know, arguably they just film at the end of shooting. You yeah, know? like they well, call him in for now, one day here, put the put the uh, the, the contact lenses I've in, been, I've and been, lay down for three <laughs> for three shots. I've been holding this off for you. Link and I actually were having a we had a, in a, in a private message chat about it a while back. And it's the Thanos theory in terms of... You might have seen this. It's the Thanos theory in terms of where all the Infinity Stones were. Mm. Knowing that the Soul Stone was the only one left. Link and I had signed, sealed, and delivered that uh, the Soul Stone was going to be in Heimdall. Yeah, and that made a lot of sense because he can see everyone within... And he says very specifically in the first film, he can see every soul. Yeah. Not every person. And that would make so much sense soul. is that he's got it within him. He can see everyone. He is the soul stone. That's it. And yeah. if you spell out Thanos' name, I'll show it to you here, Mitch. If you spell it out, yeah. it actually, his name spells out the location of every stone. So T for Thanos was in the Tesseract. Yeah. H was going to be the soul stone. Yeah. A was the ether. N was the necklace being the Eye of Agamotto, the, the necklace that Doctor Strange wears. Yeah. O being the orb. S being the scepter. So yeah. there, was a, there was an H missing. Yeah. People, Someone's taking a bit of a cheap out, though, with scepter, because it's like, well, now it's in vision, so... Well, the, but that's the first place yeah. we saw it. Yeah, 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 fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so then people were saying after Black Panther, no, no, it's going to be the, 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 the um, power source for... Of Wakanda. Of Wakanda yeah. being the heart-shaped herb. Yeah, So yeah. it was either heart or herb, or whatever mm. you like. So I was a little bit disappointed that it was just on some sort of random nowhere planet mm. that did the planet started with an H. It would have made everything perfect. <laughs> um, well, that was weird in itself. Is it's the only one. It's like, oh, I found a map, and then you have to go through a test to prove yourself worthy of getting this stone. And it's like, well, mm. all the others were just sort of like hiding yeah. around and whatnot. Yeah, especially, now, especially when like uh, Thanos has the space stone, so he just kind of like wormholes himself to the planet. Yeah, and then they decide to walk the <laughs> couple of kilometers to the um, mountain, yeah. then trek up the mountain instead of just wormholing himself to the top of the mountain. Yeah. All right, okay, yeah, fair okay, enough. Yeah. Right, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but that makes so much sense, yeah. yeah. And then old, um, you know, Floaty McGhost pops up and, yeah. you know, him talking with a bit of an accent and I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on. And I'm sort of like, you know, like grab my wife's arm. She's like, what? And I'm like, and then I heard him say it again, something. And I'm like, mm. this character, I'm like, oh, it's all right. Pulls the hood back, it's Red Skull. And I'm like, yeah. oh, shit. Now, do you know what I was losing my mind about? Because I'm sitting there and I'm going, I know that voice. Yeah. Where is that voice? Yeah. What is that voice? Who is that? Because I'm like, it's either, it's, obviously Hugo Weaving played him in Captain America, the first Avenger. And he said he's done. He's, he's never, done. Never he's had like, interest going back. Mainly yeah. because of the prosthetics. Yeah. So I he thought, said they were pain in the ass, I but thought for a minute maybe he would have come back CG. and done the voice. Yeah. But, but he had said, I'm contractually obliged to come back. I'm obligated to come back because I signed a three, four picture deal or whatever, as all these actors do. They sign their life away. He says, I don't want to come back, but if they ask me to, I have to. Mm. So I'm listening to this voice going, is he just half assing the voice? Because it kind of sounds like him, but he's not putting in as much Do you know hamminess. who I think it was? Now, I, jumped I know on... who it was, oh, but okay. yeah. Let's see if I'm right then, because I jumped on IMDb and I couldn't find anything in there yeah. in terms of who it was. To me, it sounded almost identical to the actor who voices Red Skull in the Avengers cartoon that I watched. Mm -hmm. There's a cartoon called... Now, I haven't looked up his name, but there's an actor in there that um, voices Red Skull, and it sounded like they'd gotten that actor to do it. Right. Okay. Well, it's but been it hard to say it without... But it wasn't Hugo Weaving? Definitely wasn't. I watched the credits, and it came out. It was right, like oh, one of the like, okay. second or third last character to be credited, well, and it was uh, a Ross... 
Ma- I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Marquand, Marquand. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a weird cue in there somewhere. But he he does a lot of voice work. So yeah, clearly they just got him to do the uh, the voice work, which is a little bit of a shame to me. I only because I love Hugo nice, Weaving. In- ni- yeah, you got a hard on for Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just a nice tie in to the cartoon. Yeah. Well, uh, I just looked it up, and the the guy who does Red Skull in Avengers Assemble is Liam O'Brien. Yeah, no, different voice, different, different characters. Voice. So I did like, yeah, that they brought him uh, that they brought him back because, yeah, I, I do like that. That's one of my favourite villains of, of the franchise. Um, it was, you know, weird that he'd become like this weird sort of priest, you know, in service of the Soul Stone. Well, and kind you know, of like a ghost. Yeah. Like he was... And it's weird that the space zone kind of like transported him to the Soul Stone. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's sort of like, oh, you know, it's like many have come to get it, you know, but you need to prove yourself. And it was a nice little turning point at that stage of the movie because you got the idea from the first Guardians that Thanos preferred. You know, he he called Gamora his favorite daughter in front of Nebula. But only when he gets there and it's like, you have to sacrifice something you love. And I love Nebula like, I've had to lead you here, but suck shit. Because you don't love anything, so you can't sacrifice something you love. Yeah. And then he turns around and he's crying because he's like, "No, I actually do love you. I might treat you like shit, but I, in my, the only way I'm capable, I actually love you." And only when she realised that her father actually, well, stepfather, you know, adoptive father, actually loves her, that was what destroyed her because mm. it, she knew that meant she was going to die. Like she was happy to die to stop him from getting it, but for her to die to ensure that he got it. And yeah, and I, I, like, we talk about this a lot. I really would have loved it if that was when Nebula bit the bullet because I'm so sick of Nebula. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking now. Like, does she is she taking if if Gamora stays dead? If she stays dead, and let's not say that she does. I almost want to say that she doesn't because I know that you're not a big fan of the content, but you have been involved in the chats. We do DC TV, and we talk about the four um, Arrowverse shows, and then once a year they have a crossover. And this particular crossover of this last season, or this current season, some big, world-changing, show-changing, character-changing shit happened in the crossover. Last year's crossover was shit. So if you're a, a fan Every of... Year's crossover is well, shit. Well, okay, sure. But <laughs> if you're watching Arrow, right, and you go, man, last year's crossover was shit. It was actually the worst episode of the crossover was the Arrow one from last season. I'm not, I'm not going to rule. I only watch Arrow. I'm not going to watch that crossover with all those other characters that I don't like just for the sake of watching Arrow. I'll skip this week and just watch next week because the crossover won't overly affect anything. Well, lo and behold, some big shit happened in the crossover that if you only watch Arrow, some big shit's happening. Someone might have died. Two mm. characters are now married. It's like, when did all this happen? So for me, there are lots of people that I know that got involved with the, the MCU because of Guardians. They never had any interest before him, but they liked the idea of the comedy, like Chris Pratt, whatever. They've went and seen Guardians. They love it. They love the second one. Not really big on the, on, on the rest of the franchise. So if you only watch Guardians 1, 2, and then 3... So well, what the f- where the fuck's Gamora? Oh, she died in another film that wasn't named Guardians of the Galaxy. I so know. either she comes back or your nightmare is Nebula the new Gamora. I think she might be. Now, having said that, wow. if that's the case, I know I only have to suffer through one full, one more movie with her <laughs> because I know after uh, Volume 2 came out, yeah. um, James Gunn did say, look, these these three films will be the only ones featuring this lineup yeah. of the Guardians, uh, which is why they kind of set up this, the Stallone original lineup yeah, of the Guardians yeah, yeah. because they want to move in that direction and, and have the rotating roster. So having said that, it would it would make sense for Nebula to take Gamora's place in Guardians 3. And I guess, I mean, in the same way in your beloved Bond films and stuff like that, it's like at the end of every movie, Bond always hooks up with the girl and it's like, oh, they're going to get married. And mm. then the start of the next film, she's dead. She's yeah. been killed off screen. Or so, just like they never saw it. They like went off and... Yeah, slept with each other and um, then never saw so each other again. I, yeah. I could buy that that it's like Guardians three. Um, Guardians three opens and Quill is just mourning Gamora, mm. or it's her funeral, mm. or you know, depending on the timeline and that sort of stuff. I would buy that, mm. and I would buy. I mean, they'd have to buy back Nebula choosing to stay with the Guardians. Yeah, um, maybe out of guilt or some kind of honor code between mm. her and Gamora or something like that. There'd have to be a very believable reason for her to join. Yeah. But yeah, I just, mm. I don't, I know like she's a good actress and I know all the Who fans out there love her as well. Mm. I just don't like, I just don't like Nebula. I yeah. just, I just find she's just, if we, if we want to know what, what a horrible father Thanos was, we've got Gamora for that. Yeah. So I've always found Nebula is like this added extra that we, she was the scrappy dude. Mm. Like we didn't, we didn't need her. 
And we got I, the. But I know James Gunn loves her. James yeah. Gunn. Has, oh yeah. James Gunn. I'm going to say he would say has talked about. I'm going to say has threatened mm. um, <laughs> a Nebula standalone film, yeah. which might be the first MCU film I would skip if that actually <laughs> came to be. Especially if that happened before a Black Widow film. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was. I kind of wish that Nebula had been the one to bite the bullet. Mm. But it makes sense because, yeah, he always said Gamora was his favourite. And that wouldn't carry for the audience. That wouldn't carry the that'd emotional. Be a cop out. Imp- yeah, yeah, that'd be a cop out. Yeah, yeah. If you killed off like Heimdall and Nebula, people would be like, well, mm. that's a cop out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to do something of consequence. Yeah. And I think that'll um, it'll give a lot. Because if you think about it, Peter's the only one of the Guardians that knows she's dead. Mm. Rocket and Groot and. Um, Drax, yeah. Drax and even um, Mantis. Mantis. Yeah. None of them know mm. that. Um, She's dead yet. Yeah. And I think too with uh with how much they beefed up their love for each other. Like obviously in the first one he's like, Oh, there's a hot green chick I wanna have sex with. Come the second one he's like, mm. he's got some serious feelings for her, but she doesn't reciprocate. Like she's uh, she friendly but whatever, maybe it'll develop into something. Now, I know there's been a lot of time passed chronologically uh, between Guardians Two and and this Avengers Four movie. Four years apparently, I read. Yeah, but like all of a sudden, they're in love, and it's like for the audience, it's like, oh, no, no, didn't no. what Peter didn't you said know? They're a long-term booty call with yeah. Well, that, that's true, but the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like you said, that's sort of a death that you would think would have to, you know, hey, stay. If they have a funeral scene for her, she might. I don't know. She might actually finally get a costume change because the poor girl <laughs> has been wearing that same outfit for four years now. Guardians one, she got like three or four costume changes. She's wearing the exact same thing from Guardians two. Well, poor you thing. don't know that it was just rotation day. That's a Thursday outfit when they found it. You know, same like, undershirt and everything. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, man. Now, did they then actually... again, though, if her hair manages to somehow grow and from a child and still be purple in the tips. Yeah. With it, Fair enough. She could just really like it that way. Now, just talking about like a a day specific, like when this started, right, you know, um, Hulk gets uh, dark matted back to Earth, finds Doctor Strange, Strange finds Iron Man, bad guys show up, Spider-Man and Iron Man get on the ship and they go back with Doctor Strange to Titan. Then you've got all the Guardians and Thor stuff happening uh, and then obviously the Captain America, Wakanda, all that sort of stuff's going on. And then when I think Thanos eventually ends up in Wakanda and he talks about, oh, this has been a big day. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel like the Doctor Strange stuff, that almost felt like it could happen over the space of maybe a 24-hour mm. period. Whereas um, the Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain America, Bucky storyline is like a couple of days because they go I from think... being in Scotland Back to yeah. Avengers HQ, oh, it's back to Wakanda over at least a week. Yeah, um, I would just say um, just the death of Gamora happened that day because mm. the Soul Stone was the last one he got. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like when like I found myself just looking at Doctor Strange and I'm like, when have you slept? Like since all this happened, when did, when did you go to sleep? When did no, yeah, when did when did that. Tony? Sleep like he he no doubt had a, a sleep. You know, he got up, went for a run, like it was a normal day. Then all of a sudden he's in space and he's in, like mm. he's travelled across the cosmos. Did they just sleep on the way? Like it's such stupid things to think about, but it's like it's like there's three stories going on now. I don't know whether you ever. Saw, I know you're a huge fan of the director, but whether you ever saw Dunkirk, but that was told in three different time periods and and or stories. One story was over the course of like an hour and a half. It was almost in real time. Another story was over the course of a couple of days. And another story was told over a week. Now, you're watching different stories happen all at once. But then you're seeing how they're all slowly coming together to to meet at this one point in time. Yeah. It sort of it, it actually took me a few scenes to get my head around, and I need to go back and watch it with the knowledge that that's what they're doing. But that's kind of what this felt like. It felt like for me, yeah, that the the... They all moved at different paces, yet it all started at the same time in a way because you'd yeah. see like Thanos send out, go and get the stones at the same time. And then you'd see Old Mate land in New York and use the force on, on, on Tony and Doctor Strange. The other mob would end up in Scotland. And it's like, well, did they just take longer to find them? Sure. But it just sort of, again, it's such petty sort of shit because really that, it didn't detract from my uh, mm. love of the film, but I just found like at Only least because we're massive once... geeks, we will go back and, and over multiple viewings, oh, we'll sit there and we'll work out we a time. Don't we overanalyze, mate? Oh, we love it. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
again, like that's not it's not a major negative. It's just like when I'm thinking about how much I enjoyed the experience of watching this movie, how much mm. fun it was. It's like oh, that was kind of a thing that I found myself questioning. Yeah. The other thing I guess is is a negative. It's not a massive one. It's that it is trouble you're going to run into in this sort of movie when you've got so many key characters that you need to have you know focus uh, on throughout the film it's either they're not they're all not going to get much time or some are going to get less than others but for as early as he was introduced and his group was reintroduced to the story I think I know where you're going here. I found it really surprising how little Captain America oh. Black Widow and Falcon had to do. And to That's that... not where I was going. Right. Well, Black Panther. I found... Like, going into this movie, I thought they're going to... As much as the frigging world has gone and seen Black Panther, and it's the you know third highest grossing superhero film of all time, I think, behind the first two Avengers films, they don't need to rely on the fact that you've just seen that movie. They will reestablish enough knowledge here for the Ben Clayton's of the world that haven't seen Black Panther but might just want to go and see Avengers while it's out and fresh and all the hype's around it. So they set up, hey, look, this is how cool it is. This is how technical, uh, technologically advanced they are. And they're great fighters. And you've known Black Panther from Civil War. Boom, story's on. But considering how much weight that movie of his own had a couple of months ago, I still felt like he didn't have a lot to do here. It was just like, he's here because Wakandans are cool. Mm. Um, Captain America showed up and like he had stuff to do, definitely. But I thought, compared to Iron Man and the sort of the journey that Iron Man had throughout this movie and the and how much Thor had to do in this movie and I'll come back to him in a second I just thought Captain America considering his last two films have been directed by the Russo mm. brothers Russo and brothers arguably with the exception of Ragnarok they've had the most impact on the MCU in Absolutely. terms of moving forward yeah like if you think about the Iron Man films they kind of sit in their own little pocket they don't yeah. really affect anything yeah but Civil War and Winter Soldier in particular really do get the ball rolling in terms yeah. of, of lasting repercussions. Now, I, I don't know where it's, whether it was early in this chat, it was our non-spoilers that we recorded today as well. Maybe even off air, but you said the the one of the key sort of goosebumpy moments for you is when you saw Captain America's silhouette. Like yeah. you just knew that was who that I was coming was to him. save the day. Yeah. And, and just, that was awesome. It's just, there's just something about Cap in the way... Like he's still look he's still looking out for him. Yeah. Like they like Wanda and, and Vision think they're off having their little secret rendezvous and all that sort of stuff, but Cap's still there. Yes, it, it is kind of revealed like after the fight that there is one of those big giant Q ring things, you know, in orbit around yeah. where they were Belfast or wherever it was wherever they Scotland, were Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just to know that he was there, mm. suited up, ready to go. I mean that fight of theirs, as you know, and kudos to them sh- finally showing Wanda and everything she can really do. Yeah. Hashtag X-Men. Um, <laughs> but it was great to see that he was there. He was prepped. He was ready to go. And it just... I don't know. I've got that man crush on Evans. But yeah, then also, man. But then also... Um, I Cap- wore my Team Rogers shirt to the screen. <laughs> I was very pleased to see that when you put that up on socials. There's just something about the the heart of Cap. And that's what Cap is. Just that that caring nature and that, and that kind of camaraderie kind of thing there that just tugs on my heartstrings a little bit. And, yeah. And yeah, so I would... That, that was a little bit of a goosebumpy moment for me. I was yeah. Like, oh yeah, because you know he's going to bring it. Yeah, and so, like the fact that he did survive the end of the film only to have that line like, "Oh God, it's like we've we've failed," mm. and that made the cut to black thirty seconds later after you saw Thanos sort of come out from his little hut and just sort of look over wherever the hell he was. <laughs> I thought that was the Barton Farm for a second. Yeah, yeah, so did I actually. Like, oh no, it's not. Actually, when, when it first popped, I'm like, oh my god, this is Clint because like he's something's happened to his family. Yeah. I don't know, but he's just living on his own and he's going to pop. Two of his kids are about to just disintegrate or yeah. something. And well, I wonder whether that's happening off screen mm. too, and that's what, sort of what maybe brings him back or something. I don't know. Could but, be his whole family because there's that yeah. theory about how he's going to become Ronan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's what happens is that yeah, yeah Thanos was going to kill them in this movie, which I've obviously didn't happen at least directly and we didn't see that but uh yeah i don't know i just felt like he didn't have a lot to do for this obviously yeah, he was there I like hey we that. should we can go we've got to go back to hq and he had that sort of gr- fucking great line with general ross and he was j- he just came back and was just like you know what that was a good scene. fuck you i'm here man you want to come and get me come get me come get me yeah and it was like just... he'd been rehearsing that speech for two years. He was right. ready just to come back and just deliver that line. And then they go to Wakanda because he's like, yeah, we need to go here. This is where a place that can that can look after vision, you know. And, and he mm-hmm. led the battle. And he did all very great cap things. I just think 
And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, he had a lot to do. But mm. while I'm thinking about him, I'm forgetting about the other 27 characters yeah. that had a lot to do as well. That well, probably and, and more it's than funny, him. when they said, oh, you know, two years, blah, 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 I was like, in my head, like I was going, I was going, geez, I wish they'd reordered these films so that Civil War was a bit early and, and other films were between so that it really was two or three years since we've seen him. Mm. And then I realized it has been two years yeah. since Civil War. And I was like, that feels like six months ago I yeah. saw that film. Yeah, because yeah, it was almost this, this this notion of just like, oh, no, I've just seen them. Maybe because yeah. I watched Civil War like two weeks ago. But <laughs> I was just like, yeah, that's 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 them. Yeah. That's, um, for me, it was, I think there was, there was enough there for him. I think maybe because of Civil War, I think that was the last kind of big film mm. that involved a lot of the Avengers. And it did sort of focus around Cap. So it's like, I wonder if that's why they went, okay, we'll pull back a little bit on Cap. And spend some more time with Tony and a, and a few of the others. Mm. Um, I'm hoping that means he's got a bigger part in um, in Avengers Four. Fingers crossed. For me, it was actually the Battle of Wakanda. I was like, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, like right. it was it was great um, eye candy, and it. I think it was a reaction to obviously there was a bit of criticism you yourself as well. It's like, well, we say Civil War, but it was it was one little sparring match at a at a airport in mm. Berlin. So it wasn't really a war. Yeah. So I think they, the Russo brothers heard that and they really wanted to bring the war aspect to it. Yeah. Um, but they just bring in at the last minute, just the CG random, you know, um, army of faceless warriors, you know, mm. at least the improvement with this is that they weren't going to switch off. You know, like yeah, you know, like p- the Chitari just well, sort of it. all magically, you know, because died. Because we'd seen the Chitari earlier on, yeah. there was a part of me that was like, oh, I almost would have liked to have seen the Chitari as a callback, and then I was like, oh no, wait a second, a people would just go, oh, they're just repeating stuff now, mm. and b, well, as far as we understand, the Chitari are basically extinct, like yeah. because the whole thing, the whole lot of them, assuming there's not other battle groups around, yeah, somewhere, yeah, yeah, that massive battle group was taken down, but for me, it was kind of like. It was this faceless alien army against a faceless Wakandan army. Yeah. And I was like, I can take it or leave it, but from a story point of view, I understand why it had to be in there. Mm. Um, so I'm fine with it. Mm. But it's not, it's by no means is it my favorite part of the film. Was mm. it cool seeing them all there? And even like there's, there was one cool shot, I think, with the, the big drills or whatever that was there. Yeah. And they're moving towards um, the, the dome, like the shielded dome, and just. You can just see Falcon just doing little circles yeah, yeah, in the yeah. top there. And yeah. to me, that was actually the highlight of that mm. shot. It was a tiny little part of the screen, but you can just see him just doing circles in the in the dome part. And I was like, that's that's nice. That's yeah. all I that's all I needed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was a bit disappointed with um Cap's shields with all the, the hype that's been around them since I couldn't the give two shits about them since I first saw them. I'm like, man, if you haven't got the, the normal shield, I don't want to know about those well, things. Like, it's, it's good that it allows him to both block and punch at the same time. Like, they rather were, than they having... were barely shields. They were gauntlets. Yeah. They were just big, pointed sort of things. I think the reason everyone was losing their minds is because they thought they were going to join together to become one big shield. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Put his forearms together and create a big shield, or they were going to be energy shields mm. like Phil Coulson had. Which was an homage to Captain America. Because at one point, Cap does have like an energy shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, th- I thought they were going to be more of a big deal because they seem to be in mm. the in the trailer. Maybe it's just because everyone sort of made them that big deal. Yeah. And obviously the line and get that man a shield. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of that sort of stuff. But I was like, oh, I could take or leave. Yeah. Those things. The moment, like your Cap moment for me, uh, was Thor showing up in the middle of that battle. Like, it, you know, they, they sort of just set up earlier. It was like, oh, we forged this new hammer. This will be able to open up the Bifrost or call upon the Bifrost. And more so because he, it, it happened and the, it was the classic, the first true, real, like, big, like, crescendo moment that we'd heard the theme pop up. So, like, the, it, it, the, the Bifrost pops down, out screams Thor and Rocket and Groot just dun, 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 I dun, am, dun, dun. that moment right there, yeah. I have never been more glad to not be near your brother. <laughs> because yeah, someone oh, would have lost a limb. Yeah, you would have lost a leg for yeah. sure. Now, that was cool. Um, okay, on Thor, I said I wanted to come back to him. I want to mm. say... MVP? Yeah. Um, whether or not this is the best Chris Hemsworth has been yet... I'm not sure. I haven't thought about that. Uh, but this think... is my, I think, my favorite version of Thor because 
he was more godlike than he has ever been before. And more balanced. So obviously, uh, Thor 1 and 2, very um, Shakespearean and pompous yeah. in the way they spoke. And then Ragnarok, flat out comedy. Yeah. This was, I think, the nicest balance yeah. of those two. And I actually, that was probably my third kind of like, oh shit moment mm. was... When he got a bit teary, when he realized he's got nobody left, mm-hmm. everybody. Well, and that that does tie into where the hell is Valkyrie and Kor? Where they? Where are they? They were on the ship with him at the end of Ragnarok. <sighs> I don't even know if I saw their bodies. I mean, surely they're not going to kill a Valkyrie. Kor, I can understand. Not. Yeah, I. So I was. He like, called they kill I, for Valkyrie. Surely that she's not just dying off screen between films. No, I mean I don't think so. how much people loved Tessa Thompson and that character, yeah. and then also you got. Lady Sif. Lady, I, I like to think Lady Sif is still out there. She's mm. she's the other um, Jane Foster. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, they're still out there. Yeah, her blind spot contract is what oh, saved her from dying in the MCU because it kept it. her out of doing Ragnarok, and it's like, oh, we're gonna yeah, kill we're you anyway. Killed off everyone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was like, oh, that it's so weird. What is there needed to be a scene, or maybe there will be a scene if there is another sort of solo Thor outing mm. of maybe he sent her out on a little recon mission or something like that. Maybe that, that big ship of theirs had a little shuttle. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe she was leading an incursion on his ship, but then it's like, well, where was she for the whole movie? Mm. Um, so that was that was a little bit disappointing just because just because Valkyrie was such a big part of Ragnarok. Um, and she was kind of the Sith replacement. Yeah. I'm very keen to see where they go with this Hulk thing. With him being yeah. not coming out. Okay. Well, My only thought there yeah. is that, is Hulk embarrassed? Is he embarrassed that he got his ass handed to him by Thanos? Yeah, I think so. Or is, is Thor, uh, Hulk slash Bruce too afraid? Like, is they too, are they too scared? Because if you think about mm. Bruce when he landed um, in Doctor Strange's place, mm. he was terrified. He yeah. was, is he too scared to be angry? Mm. Is he so scared? Is he internally not acknowledging it, but is he so scared mm. that he can't get angry enough to Hulk out? Because they had teased it uh, post Ragnarok leading into this film that they're really fighting for control. Like mm. they're they're both more aware of each other than they've ever been before. Yet in this Hulk, the Hulk, the actual Hulk is in it for two minutes. Yeah, and they're not seen again. Now I was fully expecting once Thanos appeared in Wakanda, I am like, oh, here comes the Hulk because we get that. Slow mo running shot in the trailer where you've got Captain America, you've got Okoye, you've got um, uh, War Machine, War Machine Falcon, Winter, Soldier, Winter Soldier, and Falcon, and the Hulk is behind them with a bunch of Wakanda soldiers all running. And I'm like, that's where he pops out. Oh, the Hulk Buster, yeah. No, no, the actual Hulk was in that shot. Oh. Yeah. That shot's not in the film. Yeah. So, so for is... me, it's like, well, obviously, Hulk was never in, at, in this film post the start. So for yeah. me, is that a shot? From Avengers Four, when they turn back time and they rehave that battle, See, and the Hulk the does now, come out or something, I because otherwise, if... why do you why do you have that? Sh- well, here's the thing. I now this uh, goes back to I can't remember if you were saying it in this chat or our um, spoiler chat, but the sort of level of something where you didn't have a lot of hype going into this. Mm. I haven't had a lot of hype since after Civil War. The Civil War trailer mm. blew my tiny mind, yep. and the film followed up to that. But ever since then. Uh, and the MCU's been really good, and Ragnarok was the one that did it the most that annoyed me, was that they were removing elements from the trailer. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. That, and we've spoken about this. The thing I really hate is they show the hero moment in the trailer of Thor landing, and he's all lightning and glowy blue eyes, and he has both his eyes. Yeah. That bugged me. Now, a couple of days ago, I watched um, some bits and pieces, because Jimmy Kimmel has been having um, all the actors like on the show. Yeah. Because it was obviously all recorded in one day, they just you know did it mm. in different segments, and they played the scene where Cap arrives at Wakanda, and and Bruce is like, "Oh, do we bow?" And War Machine's like, "Yeah." yeah. Now, in the version I saw that they played on Jimmy Kimmel, the Wanda and Vision layer had been deleted out, right. and you just see Bruce and War Machine walking out with nobody behind them. Yeah. Yet yeah in the yeah. film, you see War Machine. Uh, sorry, you see Vision limping out. Yeah. So they, when they, you got Civil War too, when they showed both sides of the fight before they ran at each other, and there was this really out. weird break between like Black Widow and someone Spider-Man else. Spider-Man shaped gap. And it's like, yeah, then they later put Spider-Man in, which sort of yeah. pisses me off that it's like, well, of course no one's there. Like, no one films anything. Yeah. Everything's CGI to these me, days. To me, I was kind of okay with that because then the main tag to that trailer was, hey, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. So I was like, that's, that's fine. But so, yeah, so I don't know. You might be right. Maybe that is... A scene from 
Avengers 4, mm. my thought was, I actually thought uh, at some point Bruce was going to Hulk out from within the Hulkbuster arm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when he was fighting um, Obsidian, uh, what was his name? Cull Obsidian? Yeah, Cull Obsidian. And he rips off one of the Hulkbuster's arms and mm. he's like, come on, man, I was really waiting for that hero moment for him yep. to sort of um, burst out. Um, which which didn't come, and I was like, oh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Hulk in the first place. Mm. I think it was clever in that it allowed us to have more Mark Ruffalo, mm. and to me, he's the MVP there. So yeah. it allowed more of him than him just kind of going Hulk smash, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of okay with that, but yeah. as long as they pay it off in Avengers Four, there's got to be for all the time we spent of him talking to himself and yeah. half turning green and the Hulk sort of no, no there needs to be a payoff for that, definitely. We mentioned Thor's eye and the removal of the fact that he didn't have one of his eyes in uh, from the from the final product in the first trailer for Thor Ragnarok. In this, he gets his eye back. No big deal. Just yeah. Him. That reminded me so much of Iron Man 2 and the Avengers, where you had Iron Man um, create the new element for the new arc reactor in his chest, and yeah. all of a sudden every uh, suit he had, well, the first suit he had, um, the Mark VI, was a triangular... Um, arc reactor sort of light in the middle of his chest and I'm like oh I always like the circles but okay it's new it's sexy whatever and it's almost like Joss Whedon come a, come along in Avengers and was like no 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 Iron Man's got circles yeah. uh, we're going to go back to but I'm not gonna, I'm not just going to cr- replace that from the start I'll pay all respect to you I'll keep it a triangle until I feel the need to rewrite like they, they damaged his suit enough that he needed that next suit um, and he got the, the Mark 7 or whatever it was and um it's got the circle back and he's never had anything else since. Like some of the ones in Iron Man 3, they were like, you know, some kind of like a rounded sort of rectangle yeah, or whatever. But, you know, yeah, hexangles and stuff was different. Yeah. But it's like, well, unless he's wearing them, I'm not too bothered by it. Um, that was, for me, this. It was like, they say we we let all of our creative directors do whatever they want. So Taika comes in and goes, I want to make this, you know, I'm here to inject comedy into it, but I'm really going to inject my comedy if that's okay. Like, I'm looking at who wrote Thor. I'm like, you guys didn't write that dialogue. You gave us a guideline, and you might have written Kate uh, Blanchett's lines. You didn't write the rest of it. That's all Tyker and Hemsworth ad-libbing on set, which is fine. It's like, oh, I want to take away his eye, you know, and or maybe that was part of the actual script itself too. But in this, if if it was part of the initial script, and not just something funny Tyker wanted to put in, why then in this film does Rocket just go, hey man, I'm putting Karen around this eye in my uh, in my little fanny pack. Um, do you want to uh, here just stick this back in your eye? And you're like, oh, it 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 moves side to side. Oh, focus, focus, in out, and then it's done. And one of his eyes is a dif- is a different color yeah, from now on. Now, had they have done some stupid joke, which I'm glad they didn't do, it would have paid off. My because my wife Sarah, she's like that. It didn't mean anything. Like it wasn't like he was in this middle of one scene. And then. It was, and start spinning around in, his, in in the middle of his eye socket, that would have like paid off somehow because they referenced it again. They never referenced it. It was like, eh, you lost an eye. We don't really think we want that. Chris Hemsworth is far more handsome with mm. both of his eyes. Here's well, a fake one. Let's move on because unless you now look closely, you're going to kind of forget the fact that he lost an eye in the last yeah. film. And it is like, I think it worked well because A... Some people criticised it and said, well, now he just he's Odin Jr. Because yeah. Odin had the same eye missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was also a lot of theories about, oh, is Rocket going to give him a synthetic one? Is uh, Doctor Strange going to yeah. conjure one for yeah. him? All that sort of stuff. Time wipe it back. and Yeah, yeah it could, could be anything. So I was like, I just like the, the only thing that buys it back for me is from the very start... Rocket has had a thing for prosthetic yeah, limbs yeah, yeah. and eyes. And, and oh, legs it was good the way they did it. It was the right character to give it to him. Yeah. yeah. So for me, I, I totally bought the whole thing. And it's funny, you know me, I've got that giant collection of uh, mini-mates, my mm. little sort of um, figurines that are all of, of the MCU characters. And I bought the latest one, which is Thor from this film. And he comes, he's very sort of bare, and he has both eyes. And just up to this point, I've actually put a little bit of blue tack over the top of one of his eyes that I've coloured in with a black nickel. <laughs> Because I wasn't sure. Now I know I can take that off yeah. and keep going, and I'm totally fine with it. Some people were like doing it deli- like they were actually black nickoing onto yeah, right. the actual figure itself, and I'm like, that's a mistake. They may come to regret that. I'm gonna yeah. wait till I see the film, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think another thing that I, I, again, not a massive issue, but I started thinking of it in terms of like post Civil War where. While the villain is kind of good because he doesn't need to do anything, he just lets them sort of fight amongst themselves, but he's just sort of lighting the fire and walking away. You look at what Zemo did, and then you watch a video online and they break down his plan, 
and how he needed so many variables to go a certain way to make sure that they got from one country to another where he was waiting for them so he could, he can act part three of his plan. And then he would go off and wait in another country while things happen, things happen, things happen, things yeah, happen to I've, get to another thing. I've like, seen that. I don't buy into that. Uh, because there's, there's no way he could have planned for the... Um, the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. So I think it was a perfect storm of stuff. I think if you take out a lot of the well, other I mean, stuff... Yeah, it's definitely a perfect his, storm. His yeah, story, like... his, his, his initial plan mm. would have worked. Um, it's just he was just rolling with the punches with everything that happened with the Sokovia. Really, he didn't care about the, the war between the two of them. He didn't care about that they were, they were going to defy each other just to try and buck. All he wanted was Cap mm. and... Uh, Iron Man in that bunker. Yeah, didn't yeah, matter yeah. if Bucky was there or not. Yeah, because he just wanted to break Cap and Iron Man. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. his only. All the other stuff is just collateral damage. Yeah, for me. But I, I've, def- I've I've seen the same thing you're talking about. Yeah. And, and I just, it's still not as complex as Lex Luthor's plan. So. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I think that had fewer steps, but was probably far. It needed to be far more uh, coincidental. But yeah, like even the fact that Winter Soldier being there, it's like, oh, that's just coincidental. It worked out for him. It's like, mm. yeah, but that was like a big thing of the movie. Then was that that was Cap's very point of of the film was siding with one friend over another. Zemo's plan didn't intend on Winter Soldier being there, but it's like, oh, well, you're here now, and this is working out even better for me. But I don't care. Like I can still watch that movie and absolutely love it. Oh, With yeah. this though, possibly my most watched. Yeah, right. Of the MCU. And in two years, it's not too bad. Um, Thanos's plan regarding Gamora. Now he knew. He knew that she knew where the uh, Soul Stone was. He revealed that before he met up with her, that he'd seen the replay in her eye of uh, of, of Nebula's eye. That um, Gamora had told her that she knew where it was. So he he knew that he needed her to get to it. He goes and finds uh, the Tesseract on Asgard, blows that ship to hell. He's like, I'm going to go and track down um, the Power Stone with the Collector. You guys go to Earth and get two others for me. Now, the only reason the Guardians showed up to help Asgard was because there had been a a distress signal that's being sent out. They didn't know who it was or why. That signal wasn't intended for anyone in particular. It was just sent out. Yeah. Again, as far as we're being told by the script, it's just being sent out. So it's only by chance and luck, and a big coincidence for us movie Marvel fans, that it's the Guardians that come to help out the Asgardians. Mm. And that they find Thor. And that Thor, like, it, Thor, as far as Thanos knows, was dead. Everyone on that ship was dead. Yeah. Thanos is, uh, Thor well, is. Yeah, Thor was floating in space. Yeah, Thor wasn't dead. He gets on that ship. He tells them what happened. It was Thanos. Only through him telling the Guardians that, does Gamora go, oh, shit, okay. And they start talking about if he gets these stones. Again, all information from Thor. She's like, we should go back to... He, yeah, Thor and Rocket are like, well, we're going to go and make the hammer and whatever. You guys go back to nowhere and get that stone before he does. Then they go back. And Thanos is there seemingly at the mercy of the Collector because he's not telling them anything. Quill comes out, stabs him, or Gamora stabs him in the neck. He's dying. Then he's, no, he's already got the reality gem. He's changed the reality. He's done mm. that just to f*** with their mind. And he's like, yeah, I knew you would come. I was relying on it. I'm like, how long were you prepared to wait there? I, I think it'd been two different ways. I can see where you're coming from. Um, I think personally, it all depends on... It hinges on the original Avengers movie mm. in that does Thanos know that the scepter he gave Loki held an Infinity Stone? Mm. If he did, he's dumb as balls because he was risking one Infinity Stone to get another, to get another, mm. and he lost both. Yeah. Um, when he could have just gotten the Mind Stone, chucked it in his uh, gauntlet, and he had one, he was one stone down. Yeah, and I guess through this movie, just while we're on that, you would have to think that in a way he wouldn't have known. Because before this movie, well, okay, but he knew the Tesseract. Was he had the, he had the gauntlet, and before this movie started, we didn't get a scene which I thought we absolutely would have. They refer to the fact that he destroyed Xander. Yeah. So that's where he got the power stone from. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, sorry. All before I was referring to the power stone of nowhere. It was obviously the the ether, the reality gem. Um, but he got the power gem from Xander. He'd blown that to hell. Because when he got to Asgard, before he got the Tesseract, he only had one Infinity Gemstone in his gauntlet. Yeah, which so that was from Xander. So, as he was finding them, he was putting them in his gauntlet. Yeah. Obviously, he got the gauntlet at the end of Age of Ultron, so he didn't have a gauntlet before he gave Loki the scepter. So, maybe he did give him the scepter, because he's like, well, I've got a stone, but I've got no gauntlet to put it in. You go and use this stone to get another, bring them back to me. 
Yeah, he I don't know. Just, Man, I don't know. Actually, now that I'm working assumed, that out, he could have just assumed that Loki wouldn't fail. He thought, oh, Loki's an Asgardian. He's not going to fail. That's he's, always been my way of thinking. Is that he knew he gave him a stone. Yeah, he didn't think and he, he was going to be risking one to get two. He didn't was count be, on the Avengers. He was going to be using one yeah. to get two. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, the time frame around when he got the gauntlet made and let the um, dwarfs um, thing go cold mm. and all that sort of which we'll get to that because I nailed that theory. Um, is is sort of either here or there. The timing is a bit weird, but my theory is he's he's been playing the long con this whole time. If he was willing to give uh, Loki uh, a stone to get another stone, he might have known back then that Gamora knew where it was, mm. and he's just he knew. Maybe he just knew that no matter where she was in the universe, he'd be able to find her. Maybe she's got a tracking device in her in all her enhancements that she doesn't know about. Yeah. Maybe he's got someone following them, keeping tabs on them. It could be anything. Um, to me, it was like he knew he could get the soul stone when he needed it through Gamora, and he can get her any time. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, but it only... just the timing just was so cool. Like, it, it just yeah, really worked out well. He's like, I knew you'd come. It's as, like, but... Well, that, I think he just sort of, he saw them coming and went, okay, well, this is the this is the ruse that I'm going to play now that I have the reality. I don't gem. mind that. Once he saw and them I coming, think, but... I think he bluffed when he said, I knew you'd come. I think that was... Yeah. Him, him but even so, like, how long was he planning on staying? There? Had he just... I feel like the oh, fires okay. were still burning, so he just maybe he maybe just done it. Yeah, maybe maybe it wasn't all rouge. I hadn't. I guess I hadn't. Yeah. I hadn't thought about um, that. Yeah. I think as the MCU grows and gets bigger and bigger, that's where little things like this trip up mm. because of the time frames. Mm. Like I was saying, it might have been in the non-spoilers or even off air. It's like it's been four years. Like for the Guardians, it's been four years since Volume Two, since Mantis joined the team and. Uh, ego was killed. Mm. It's been four years. That's a long time for mm. sort of nothing wor- worthwhile to happen for them. Yeah. Like I said, Gamora's still wearing the same outfit. Mantis still wearing the same outfit. You know, um, I mean, obviously, uh, Rocket. Uh, sorry, Groot has grown from baby Groot to teenage Groot in yeah. sort of that sort of that four year time, which we kind of it. Then you realize, okay, well, that that end credit sequence in Volume Two is obviously a four year time jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they now their phase three in particular really did play around with um with the time frame and that sort of stuff, little inconsistencies like that are starting just to, to slip through the cracks. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of just bought that. You know, Thanos was like, "I can get Gamora whenever I want." Yeah, you know? yeah, fair enough. Yeah, that was that was the vibe I got. Whether that's tr- true, who knows? Now, the one one f- uh, freaky little thing was when uh, I don't know who it was, with this Quill or whatever. He's looking at Doctor Strange. He's like, "Does your fr- oh Mantis whoever?" And I was like, "Do your, your friend always do that?" And he's like, and his oh, head's yeah. and he's like, I just saw every possible future of our current situation. How many? 14,605 different outcomes. How many do we win? Oh, we only win one. Mm. I'm glad he didn't say none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm like eight, two, you know, how many is it? No, one. It's like, of course it's going to be one because eventually you're going to obviously win. You don't win this version, but when he just, like, he goes, I will happily watch all of you die if it means keeping this gem safe. And then he out and out just gave the gem to Thanos. He was happy to do it. And then that was when my wife turned to me. She's like, well, he's seen this future. He needed to give yeah. the gem to Thanos so that Thanos then wins. Nick Fury calls in Captain Marvel, reverses the day, saves the day, and I get the time journey back. Thanos is dead, whatever. Like he, that, to win, they needed to first lose. I actually thought, and it would have tied into the Doctor Strange film and the way that he kind of tricked Dormammu, by putting that loop, mm. I thought he might have actually put some kind of booby trap mm. into the stone. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I thought and it was either a like, fake or it was booby trapped. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be a fake because I knew Thanos wouldn't fall for that. Would know, yeah. Um, but I was like, maybe once he puts it into it, it was going to put him into a time loop, and that was going to give them an option to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at this stage, not so far. Yeah. But obviously, yeah, Doctor Strange did say, "I'm sorry, this is the way it's it's got to happen." Mm. So then his final line was like Tony looking at him, going, "What did you do? Why did you do that?" And he's like. We're in the end game now. Like this is the end zone, you know. Like, and it's like, what do you mean? Well, is it like, well, this is it? It's all or nothing now. We need to get back and stop him. That's sort of what I thought because he got that gem. He's got one more to get. I need to go back and get Vision. It's like, well, he he's got that. So let's all get back to Earth. You know, I can you know like teleport, ring us back to Earth right now. But we weren't to see them again. They're still stuck on Titan. You know, like everyone's still separated. We didn't get that one hero shot. So is that I don't know. Is that what you you took? from that line we're in the end zone it's like I needed to do that or okay now shit's getting real we've got no we've got no second chance now so oh, no I took it as Doctor Strange trying to reassure them and say I know what I'm doing according to okay, what, yeah, I've, yeah, what cool. I've seen All yeah. right. 
I do want. I know we've got to go, so I just want to fire through a couple little notes. I literally, I got, I got home at midnight last night. I was up to one o'clock, just in a day, just <laughs> thinking of things and writing them in my phone. Thinking of things, writing them in my phone. Um, so I do want to run through a couple of things. Um, like I said before, I hope the vision, de- vision death sticks. Yeah. And I hope Wanda's pregnant with twins because oh. that'll, that'll be uh, Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. Which would be amazing because that opens up the Young Avengers. I thought Shuri might actually be the one to die at some point, but mm. she didn't. Heimdall pulling off the summoning the Bifrost to send the Hulk at the last minute. The Dark Matter. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, that's a bit of a. Mm, yeah, I didn't quite. But I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll allow, I'll yeah. allow it. <laughs> We're three minutes in, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I still didn't buy Widow's blonde hair. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like that her hair changes in every film. But yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't mind that. But it's just like, look. Scarlett Johansson, very attractive blonde. Mm. Black Widow, very attractive redhead. Yeah. Just give me a redhead. I yeah. just want, I just, it just doesn't fit. It almost, to me, it kind of, and it probably wasn't, like I understand the idea behind it, but it's a rinse for her. It's fine. Like she can just, <laughs> like, it, it's like um, the latest X-Men film when um, Jennifer Lawrence was so much of a diva. She was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to sit through prosthetics anymore yeah. and, and body paint. You're just going to have to CGI everything. And it looked terrible uh. and she was just herself in clothing for half the movie I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah love you're getting paid a couple of mil fucking suit up all right <laughs> my prediction that i spoke about my prediction that um and this is something again link and i were, were, were vying back and forth about i knew very early on the shot of thor sort of flexing mm-hmm. going, i knew that'd be at the forge with the, with the dwarf realm mm. they'd be forging uh stormbreaker and Link and I both were texting each other at the exact same time. We sent the exact same text to each other saying, and I bet T- Peter Dinklage is the dwarf. <laughs> so we nailed that whole section. Yeah, that was brilliant. I love that he was a giant dwarf. Yeah. Not just like, you know, I thought that was brilliant. Give me Captain Marvel already. Yeah. That was my last note. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like, oh, it's very coincidental. Not, not coincidental, but like, I, th- I guess that's why I asked you before what you thought about it. Like, I loved it. But it's like, does it take away from the ending of the film? Because then do you walk out of that film as a non-fan, not knowing what's coming up, going, really? That's how the entire franchise ends. They just lost. You know, really? Whereas this, it's like, they lost, you're depressed for 10 minutes, and then the end of the credits happens, you're like, oh, no, it's okay. This is what's going to save the day. Like, there would be a lot of people out there obviously watch that and go, well, I guess something will happen in another movie that they'll be able to fix this. But do you leave it with a gut punch? Like, I still felt like a gut punch because I guess you watched... Marie Hill die, you watch Nick Fury die. Yes. And then that thing sent and you're like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. None of the none of the turning to ash hit me in mm. any way, except for Spider Man yeah. because of the sense memory that it gave me. Yeah, but okay. everyone just kind of just turning to ash, I was just like, I'll be back. Yeah. They'll be back. Yeah, they'll yeah, be yeah. Back. They'll be back. I think Black they'll Panther got me because I didn't think it was going to be him. I thought it was going to be a queer because he was like, oh, this is no place to die. Mm. And then it sort of pans to her and then suddenly his hand is ash and she's like, what the f*** is that going gives on? Her so... cool. I think it's all going to be how they buy it back at the start of Avengers 4 yeah. and it's all going to be about how they tie in Carol Danvers to yep. Nick Fury. That's, to me, as far as Infinity War is concerned, it's like a 9.975 out of 10 <laughs> for me. Like, it's, it, there's nothing, as much as we did pull things apart there a little bit, there's nothing there that ruins the film for yeah, me. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So well done. I think the the linchpin in this is, yeah, going to be how they pull together uh, Captain Marvel yep. and the start of um, Infinity War 2, mm. or in Avengers 4, whatever you want to call it. I think that's going to directly affect my thoughts on this film. Yeah. Looking looking back. As as a standalone, love it. Awesome. But how they go in the future mm, could be interesting. Oh, man. It's going to be such a long year until Avengers 4. Whatever it's going to be oh, called, nice. we're not even going to find out for a couple of months. But um, I reckon we could talk about this for hours. And I'm yeah. sure we will anyway after we stop recording. We might even do a couple of follow-up podcasts. We would like to do our, our, our ranking of the movies leading up to yes. the Infinity and War. And honestly, I couldn't I couldn't rank Infinity War at this stage. Like I said, no, I need I to let it I've got to let it a settle, while. a couple more viewings, and again, yeah. potentially see how Captain Marvel... I think Captain Marvel and Avengers 4 will skew my thoughts on this film. Yeah, for on sure. On whether it holds up to yeah. how good I think it is at the moment. Yeah. 
Oh, it's going to be a long year, but that's okay, because in three weeks, we've got Deadpool to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. It's all More happening, Brolin. so yeah, man. More Brolin. <laughs> He's just taken over. Collectively, he'll be like the highest earning movie star of the year, <laughs> I reckon. Uh, so you can check back in a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking Deadpool 2. Uh, until then, go and join Avengers Infinity War. Uh, get in touch with us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know how many times you've seen it. If you want to send us your own rank of the movies, include Infinity War if you want, if you think you can, if you know its place. There's probably a lot of people out there going, number one, clearly. <laughs> um, let us know uh, if there's anything else you uh, want to talk to us about. Hit us up on the socials. I'm Mitch underscore Lewis on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Just hit us up if you want to uh, open up a conversation. I want to talk about this movie more and more. Maybe just give it a week until everyone else has seen it. We don't want to spoil it for anyone. Yeah. DM me. Slide into my DMs. Hashtag Thanos demands your silence. Slide into Maddie's DMs. Where can we find <laughs> you? At High Pitch Maddie on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, come on. For Twitter, I think you're, uh, you're happy to talk about it, Avengers on Twitter. So... Well, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if anything's going to actually get me onto Twitter, yeah. that'll be it. It's going to happen. So, so more on uh, Getting a Geek in a couple of weeks. As always, you can follow our side show, which has got nothing to do with superheroes, but everything to do with Stargate. It is Get Into Gate. Ah, they said Iris in this movie, and I loved it. Oh, so I did too. The Iris must close. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so check out Get Into Gate if you're an old school Stargate fan. We're introducing a uh, new viewer to the show each and every week, one episode per week. So if you're an old uh, fan of the show, come join us on Get Into Gate. Otherwise, stay tuned to Get Into Geek, and we'll be talking Deadpool 2 in a couple of weeks. Get into geek.com.